Hey, it's the Productize Podcast. My name is Brian Castle. Thank you for tuning in today. By the way, before we, we head in, I just wanted to mention once here at the front, if you haven't already, I would truly appreciate it if you head over to iTunes and give this podcast a five-star rating. You can leave a review, but the rating is even more important. That helps other people, you know, just like us, find this podcast. I, I really appreciate that. Anyway, today I'm talking to Dan Ray from Ray Digital Marketing and from danray.me. So he is a SEO and specifically a link building specialist. And if you're at all familiar with SEO, search engine optimization, you would know that link building, building up backlinks to your website is a key part of that. It still is today, even in 2018. Um, but of course, like we talked about, you know, SEO gets kind of a kind of a bad bad rap sometimes and it can be tough to break through the noise and break through that that trust barrier because there are so many shady players in the world of SEO and black hat SEO and everything and so I, I just really liked how open and transparent Dan has been with the way that he presents himself and his service and the way that he writes copy on his website and how he lays out the process step by step and how he's been able to build the service, um, but we talked about some uh, interesting turns that that he's had along the way, from building up to six figures per month in service income, and then kind of ramping that all back down, only to build it back up again. Uh, and then, of course, we talked tactics into building individual links to your website. So, yeah, without further ado, here it is. Here's my conversation with Dan Ray. Enjoy. So I'm here with Dan Ray, and I already screwed it up. It's like the easiest name to pronounce, and I already screwed it up. Six letters. I'm here with Dan. <laughs> right. I'm here with uh, Dan Ray today. Dan, how's it going? Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. So why don't you do a, a better job than I would on introducing yourself, what you're focused on today, and then we'll we'll go back and get the story. Um, I guess for you, I run a what could be called a productized version of a service that most of your audience will already know about, um, SEO, or just one particular aspect of SEO, which is link building. And my primary focus now, I suppose, is training more than actually providing the service. Yeah. So, you know, I was reading over your stuff before this call and you and I were talking a bit. So kind of a few points that I think are interesting that hopefully our, our listeners will. Just SEO in general, it's such a black box and there's a lot of sketchy, shady practices out there. It's been that way for many years. How to break through that noise and, and actually come across as trustworthy, that's, that's an interesting question. I think you've done a, a really good job of that. We'll, we'll get into this in a minute. But you've done a really good job of that in the way that you write your copy. But I have to be honest, like I was looking at your stuff like pretty skeptically. Like I don't know if this person should come on the podcast or not. Like, <laughs> Is he for real? Like, it's just one of those industries that where you really have to kind of double check and take it slow and figure out like, what is this thing real? Right. So that must be a really tough challenge to kind of break through, I guess. Yeah. Why, why don't we start there? Like any thoughts around that? I'm sure you have a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm equally as skeptical as you would be, honestly, when, when other people, when they see somebody who has, a, I guess, a sort of a small following and they want to collaborate with you to grow their following. I hate the sort of I don't know what you'd call it, guru culture, yeah. I guess. You know, where people just follow a certain person, it's whatever they say is the right way, whatever. And I find that what you get is a lot of this, somebody will release a product and then people will say, oh, I bought the product, read the product. It seems like solid information. And then they get 
you know, a positive testimonial from that. And I purposely say to people who buy my stuff, or I'll tell you about my process in a minute, don't leave any sort of review or testimonial up until you've actually had results from doing the thing. What I want to say is I followed Dan's advice and I built this many links from this many targets rather than, yes, it seems like a good you know, piece of writing. Yeah. Like let the results actually speak for themselves and be very clear and upfront about that. Yeah. Um, so what also interested me is how you've built up your team and I think how you've gone through a couple of different changes on your approach to building that team. One, one point that you put out there in, in your writing is how you've you focused on reducing your personal stress in managing the team and the growth and kind of putting a, an intentional ceiling on, on your income. We could talk about that. What else? I, I also want to dig in a bit about SEO and link building specifically. It's interesting that you're focusing specifically on that part of SEO and I guess organic search in general. Like I want to hear more about the process and how your team works and how all that kind of pieces together. But yeah, why don't we get into all that? I mean, before we go back in your story, you know, here we are recording and you know, getting into the middle of 2018. Can you give us like a sense of size of your business in terms of revenue or team size or anything, anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, I've only recently started, I mean, when I applied to be on this podcast, I had zero clients. So my income from client work was zero. Um, I've recently started taking them on again. So we have three clients at the moment at 2000 pounds each. So 6,000 pounds, very modest income, but that's by complete choice. So what I used to do, I I gave you some uh, revenue numbers in my first application and it was, was sort of like, we're talking the low to high sort of six figure, early, very early six figures per month. And it was a case of, I was just saying arbitrary numbers to people. It was like, oh, can you do this for us? And I was like, yeah, sure. For this amount of money. And to be completely honest, I read a book called Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley. You're probably aware of that. I actually haven't heard that one. Oh, it's an, it's an amazing book. The general premise is that you can only provide the best quality service at a specific number. So you you have to have a maximum number of clients that you can work with. And I just thought the way that I was doing it was more of a just hit and hope kind of approach. And if I had a client who was paying me, you know, a large portion of my revenue, if I lost that client, I was in trouble. So the new philosophy is never charge above two thousand pounds and therefore every client is equal. Right. Is never an additional amount of stress on losing a single client because I have a process for getting clients. I have a process for fulfilling for clients. And if you have those two things, no client really, you know, is more than just a client. I love it. I'm all about that sort of mentality and model around productized services and being upfront and, and offering just recommended packages. It's good for the client, but it's also good for you as the business owner. Like it should be that win-win, right? Yeah, exactly. It actually, you know, what you're talking about here reminds me of uh, like, this is maybe almost 10 years ago now. I was working as a freelancer at a web design agency in Manhattan and they just hired on a bunch of freelancers. And this company had something like 100, 130 people in this office in New York working on web design projects. They had two clients, like two major global brands that you've all heard of. One of those clients canceled service and this agency had to basically lay off like more than half of their people overnight, you know? And that was like that, that lesson pretty early on, although I didn't really put it into practice into my business until later, 
of like, don't put all of your eggs into, into one or two big projects, like have quantity, but you know, spread it out. Yeah, exactly. And my, and my thing is sort of, if I lose one, there's a waiting list of people waiting to take their spot. So it's just lose a client, have a new client, because you can lose client for completely, absolute ridiculous reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with you whatsoever. Yeah. A lot of times it's something that you can't really control. Um, so you said that like you had a previous model of what you were doing, which was more like project to project. You would take on basically any project that would come your way, any size, any number. Yeah. It was more based on sort of, um, I would say, how much do you earn from, from my work? And I would deserve a fair cut of that. And thinking about it more, I don't really, because I'm still providing the exact same service. Why should some people pay more for it than others? So now it's just you pay X, I will do X. So what was this like last year you were doing this? The previous? Yeah, this was, this was maybe 18 months ago. So what type of service were you providing? Was it specifically link building or were you doing it all like content and like SEO and on page and all this different stuff? Um, it was link building, but on a more, I guess, case by case basis. So there wasn't a, a systemized thing that I was doing specifically for each client. While I had systems to do the individual things, they were like, I guess, different services, but that come under the link building umbrella. And back then, did you have other people on your team? And, and what did that look like? Yeah. So this was something that I, I nailed on very, very early. I found that the people that I brought on, they had to do stuff that couldn't really be, if they had to use any sort of their own ingenuity, it just, it broke down very quickly. So the people I were bringing on were low skilled sort of foreign workers. And these people, they, while they don't understand the sort of um, subtleties of the English language on occasion, and what we do really as a link builder is communicate with people. The person on the end of the emails or the phone calls that you're making, they're just other people. And if you don't understand you know, banter or can build connections like that, you're just running through a list, like a sales list. It doesn't really hit home to the, the levels of efficiency that I needed. So it was just what, what I did then was create very, very specific, extremely detailed to the minutia of exactly what I would do myself by doing a campaign. And I did it again and wrote down the same list and everything that matched on the list. I said, if, if something appears on the list twice, I'll never do it again myself. And then I could hand it off to somebody else. So you created highly detailed processes and procedures. Oh yeah. And we're talking like granular this is like set up an email account, press the submit button, things like that. So in, again, like 18 months ago, you had a team of like overseas people who are basically carrying out these processes that you put together, right? Yeah. How far did that scale up? Like how many people were you were on your team? How many different clients were you, were you working with at any given time? I decided based on the experience, I'd been, I'd been outsourcing for years at the time and I don't like to overload people. So what I did was link building can be, I guess, broken down into two sections, prospecting and outreach. So finding the people to send a message to and then sending the actual message. So I split that into two jobs. So I have prospectors and outreach people. And I had one of each in each team and they would handle two clients per team. So they're never overloaded. So I had five teams and two um, account managers. So I had one in India who had worked with me for years previously, and then an American. So I essentially had somebody 24 hours to deal with any problems. Got it. Um, so let's actually work backwards a little bit, and then we'll go back forwards into how, that, how you ended up making the change into what you're doing today. But going back, 
what were you doing before all that? Like, how did you even get into being on your own and working in SEO? Yeah. So I was, uh, I just had general sort of, you know, low level marketing jobs at companies in the UK. And one day my boss asked me, he was kind of this like, um, maverick Richard Branson type, you know, just like doing crazy stuff all the time. He's like, one day he just says to me, go and do SEO. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) No idea what I'm talking about. Um, I ended up finding an article that Pat Flynn had written. It's called um, The Backlink Strategy That Works. And it's, you know, it's way out of date now, but at the time it was revolutionary and, you know, worked and was building people's entire like empires on it. And um, so my friends and I sort of started building our own sites and using this strategy on them. And we we were broke. We weren't really making, making any money from them. Like affiliate product sites or like what kind of websites? Well, we've always been into sort of um, making our own products. So just building huge amounts of traffic and then trying to sell them stuff, basically. <laughs> um, it was never super effective. Like in, informational products? Yeah, yeah. If you want to be specific about it, it was uh, sort of like um, <laughs> advice on um, how college guys would meet girls and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, there wasn't a whole lot of money in that because your, your audience is college students and you know, they're broke as well. But you were learning, you were like back then you were learning the tactics and you were figuring out how all this stuff works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had built the work we were doing was successful in terms of building traffic and building a site that had a following, but actually monetizing that traffic, not so successful. But what we did know we could do was, you know, get traffic and improve people's search results. So the job was simple, right? Do it for other people and earn a lot of money doing it. <laughs> and it was that simple. So I guess you left those jobs and you went out on your own. What, what year was this? I actually got fired from the job because I was working on the side. They didn't like that. Oh, really? They, they fired you for that reason? Yeah, yeah. Man, that's screwed up. On Valentine's Day as well. Broke my heart. <laughs> Everybody's got a side hustle. I, there's nothing wrong with that. You know? I mean, as long as you're delivering what they hired you for, that, that's... That was my thinking too. You should, uh, you should message my old boss. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so that kind of led into what you were what you were doing about a year, eighteen months ago, where you you started building up this. Well, this was like um, two thousand and ten. Okay, so for a few years there, you're just kind of freelancing and. Yeah, but it was, this is um, this would be like my superhero origin story, I'd guess. Like, I have some health concerns, so like uh, kidney failure and diabetes. Both things, like individually, are totally manageable. Um, the treatment for diabetes works against kidney treatments and vice versa. So it's not, it's not a great partnership to have. So I built a nice little stable of clients. And I was very happy with my income, maybe just about five grand or something like that. And um, I went to hospital for 30 days. And I'm sure, as you know yourself, take 30 days off. Your clients don't get too happy about that. Um, lost them all. Came out, recreated the process, built another little stable of clients. Two years later, happened again, lost all of my clients again. And then I was like, that's when this had to change. I was like, I I need to be able to go into hospital and retain my clients. Um, Then I found, um, you know, uh, Brennan Dunn, right? Mm -hmm. I found his site, Double Your Freelancing, I think it is. And it was just a case of, I need to stop being a freelancer because I'm always at risk. This could happen to me at any time. And I can't just build from scratch every single time. So the need for processes was built. 
Yeah. And so you learn to delegate and figure out the processes and bring people in to carry out the process for each individual client. Yeah. Because I, I knew that I needed a process for getting clients consistently and a process for fulfilling for clients consistently. And that's my entire business now, I guess. And what types of clients typically did you work with or do you work with? Like, I know that you, you also have branched into selling or teaching other SEO agencies. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but I guess still looking back like a year or two ago when you were building up that operation there, like what type of end clients would need your service and, and like were ideal for your service? Well, the clients who I had at that point are completely different from who I deal with now. And the change from going from selling SEO to selling link building specifically completely changes who's interested in your service. So at the time I had, you know, like I had like um, rappers from America as clients. I had just basically my, my strategy was Leeds is quite a, how would a, I got like, how would a rapper need uh SEO service? Like, isn't that more about like name recognition and their music and all, all that? Well, I thought that too, but it's all about what they like, isn't it? Um, so I, I built him a website for free just because I liked his music and his site was terrible. So I built him that and then his team were like, Oh, we hear you do this as well. And they hired me for that. So, you know, it's all about building relationships. But okay. So like, aside from that, like what, what other businesses were working with you? Yeah. So I had like a, uh, a telecoms company who, um, they're one of my clients today because they just, I provided such a value to them over the years that anything I sell now, they'll, they'll just, you know, they're, they're happy to just purchase it. So anytime I need a client, I'll go back to them and they'll happily hire me. So I'm curious about like what happened in this most recent turning point, right? Like you said that you, you had all the, these teams, you were doing over six figures a month and then it all stopped. Like what happened and what led up to that? It was, I guess, um, are you familiar with the minimalism movement? Yeah, a little bit. And I saw you. Yeah. I'm huge on it. Yeah. You were talking about like stoicism and. Yeah. So I had, you're getting all of this level of stress. If you're providing a hundred thousand pounds worth of services, you're getting a hundred thousand pounds worth of stress. And as you can imagine, those things are equally high level. So describe that for me. Like, can you give me an example? Like if, cause there are agencies who've scaled up and services that have scaled up to that point. Like what was stressful? Like you had the, these teams, teams of two on, on each client and you give them a process. Like, was it that they were constantly escalating these fires up to you to put out or what, what was it? It's a case of whilst the actual fulfillment itself was all outsourced, the contact person was me. So you've probably seen my website. It sells based on my personality. It's all very Dan Ray centric. Without me, there is no business. So I set this thing where every Wednesday between 12 and 4 p.m., clients could just call me for a chat. There's like my consulting hours or whatever. And it got to a point where if people couldn't get through between 12 and 4, which they couldn't because everybody was always trying to call me every Wednesday, they would stress me out throughout the day, try and call me later, earlier. I mean, why didn't you, um, so like maybe an obvious question, like why, why didn't you use like a calendar app or something like that where people can book calls with you? Um, it was just because that's how I'd sign the clients on. I do now, I have a calendar now, but when someone signs on, it's very difficult to then say, you have this much access to me. I'm now reducing that. Right. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a health concerns thing. So I don't, you know, I'm not feeling great that, nine in the morning every day. So I can't have people booking whenever they feel like it. Yeah, It has to be when I'm able to actually give them the best version of me. Yeah, that makes sense. So like at its height, like how many different clients were signed on 
at any given time? Nine was my maximum because that's what um, what I had deemed that's the, the most that we can deal with without. And, and it always gave you room for a 10th. That was the idea. So I could always take one more if, if something really interesting or exceptional came along or they would have time for a 10th client, which could be me and my own business, right? Yeah. So they build links to my own projects or whatever. So I also want to get into like how you handle pricing and then also the specifics around doing the SEO link building. We'll get into all that in just a minute, but I am really curious about this turning point because that, that I think is an interesting story. So, so you're getting stressed out. There are too many clients, too many people need your personal time. You can't give them your personal time every single day. So what was the event that happened? Like, did you just like email everyone, everyone and say like, I'm winding down the service? Like, how did you actually like close it down? Yeah. So the reason that it happened, I didn't just decide one day, oh, now I'm going to close it down. It was a, I was getting close to a number in my bank account that I'd always said to myself, once I have that amount, I never need any more. Like that's enough to have the rest. Cause I, my outgoings are very, very low. And it's a case of once I got there, it was like, like, what am I still chasing the money for? If it's more stressful to me than, you know, I need to buy an extra loaf of bread this week. <laughs> it doesn't really, those two things don't add up to me. So right. it, it wasn't just like one day I had nine clients, the next day I had none. It was a gradual process of not replacing them as they fell. Yeah. I mean, I'm also curious about your team and like, so where did most of your team come from? Mostly Upwork. So like Upwork, but like you mentioned some people are in India, like where else are, are people based? I have a couple of American guys. I have mostly Indian guys. I had, there's a Croatian dude, a woman from the Philippines. Just basically it's, it's the team. When, when I say a team, it's not a one set of people who are just going throughout it together. It's constantly changing and, you know, one person doesn't show up for a few days. So you replace them. It's not one consistent team. Got it. So again, we'll, we'll get into the the actual process of the work a little bit later, but okay. So, so you hit that, that number in your bank account. Awesome. <laughs> More than you need. Right. So yeah. it was like, um, I said, how much do I spend each year? And then I looked one day and it was like, oh, you've got like 20 years worth of money. <laughs> like, so, I mean, we're, we must be talking about like a highly profitable service, right? Like, oh yeah, profit profits in, S- in the service that I'm providing, it's, you know, 78%. Wow. Okay. So then what happens? Like, how did you actually like roll it down? And then what were your next steps from there? Well, I already had um, begun a sort of training. Like how it wasn't just like that stops and then I wasn't doing anything else. I'd started building a Facebook group. I'd already had a blog for a few years. Okay. So you started like, you started putting out, it's like how you can build up this sort of service yourself doing SEO link building and. Well, it's that now at the time it was more, you know, like, like you said before, it's a black box, right? There's a huge amount of information out there and most of it's terrible. So here's how to do it. I don't want to say correctly, but in a way that's people would deem the most safe way to do it. Right. Like the quote unquote white hat way. Yeah. The the white hat way. (laughs) Okay. So you, you also talked about how today you, you have only two clients. Like, is that now like the new limit for how, how many people you would work with directly? Oh no, the limit is still nine. I just haven't got back there yet. This we're talking about maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I started redoing this. So Okay. So the plan now is for you to build it back up to basically what you were doing before. Like what will be different? So the difference now is that you're working for agencies rather than end clients or? The difference now is that it's it's a more, I guess you would say it's a more productized service. It's you pay 2000 pounds 
you get this exact service exactly as it's listed. There's no, oh, I pay 10 grand, so I need more. Got it. So yeah, let's talk about your pricing of it. I, I did find that interesting. You, you said 2,000 pounds for 200 links. Is that right? Uh, 200 targets. Oh, 200 targets. Okay. Yeah. You, I, I've only recently added a link limit. So we guarantee at least 10 links for that. Okay. I, I mean, I, I do want to, I always try to clarify, like we're recording this in 2018. You may change your prices at any time. So I just wanted to put that out there. But the, okay. So 2,000 pounds, is that per month? Yes. But you can just buy it as a one-off service. It, it's not really, it doesn't have to be monthly. Got it. And for that, you're, you're doing 200 targets. We'll talk about what that means. And that should produce an expected result of at least 10 links back to your website. Yeah. But the, the reason I say 10 is because that's the lowest we've ever achieved. We expect more like 20, 15, 20. Got it. And then like, so wh- I, I know that it, it has never happened, but like if you weren't to reach the 10, what would happen in terms of pricing? We just do more targets until we get 10. So it's not, it's not like I'm super strict on, oh, we'll only do 200 for 2000 pounds because the profit's huge. Anyway, we could, <laughs> you know, we could send a thousand for that price. Right. Okay. So then like, what's the, what is the process for first of all, like, what's the process for a client? Like, so they're an agency that they're, they're like, we have, we have our clients who are paying us for all sorts of other marketing stuff. Oh, I should clarify. I know she said that earlier. Um, I don't work with agencies. Okay. So who who do you work with now? Just end clients, like businesses? Directly with clients. Yeah. Directly with clients who they'll tend to have, like like I mentioned earlier, offering link building as a service by itself. It's a sort of um, almost a filter. Right. Like they, they must be a little bit more savvy about this stuff. Yeah. They know how they're using it. Because I, I don't want people who they don't really understand SEO. They don't know what link building is. They don't know the benefits to them. I want people who know, oh, if we get 10 good quality, relevant white hat links, that's what our business needs right now. I don't want to have to send a report and then have to explain the report. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, I've seen that myself with audience ops, with, with blog content, you know, a Kate, very, a Kate, like pretty rarely people come in and they don't know what blogging blog content is like they like they need to be sold on the idea of doing blog content and my my whole thing between putting all the, the information on the website and through the demo video and and my content and emails and everything it's like you wouldn't request a consultation unless you've already been blogging yourself and you're just looking to outsource it or something like that so well you, you like it's similar to my entire website now it's almost aimed at putting people off hiring me so only the absolutely minutia of absolutely 100% qualified people actually get through to me. You know, I know they have the money to spend on it. I know that they know what the effects of that are. I know that they know the risks of not achieving that are. And you know what? Sometimes you can get 10 links and nothing happens. They, you know, they understand that. Yeah. So, okay. So what is the process? Like somebody comes to your website, they read what you've put out there. They see, so you have basically published, like, I think you have a page on your site, something like, this is what I will do for you when you are a client. Like, yeah, that's the course, my entire business. Yeah. And we'll get all this stuff linked up in the show notes, but so what happens? Like they get in touch and and how do you onboard a new client? It's, it's extremely simple and it's actually listed on that page that you just mentioned. Yeah. So for like listeners at home, like, I guess what I'm trying to understand is like, what do you need from a new client in order for you and your team to start your process? Okay. So before any link building starts, we have to make sure that they have something that's actually worthy of links. You can't just say, oh, here's my site. I need links to it. There has to be 
because all I'm doing, I'm basically a conduit between your site and people who will find something you have on your site interesting. So I'm saying, hey, we have this thing. Would you be interested in sharing it with your audience to other sites? And those sites who will be interested in that, that's one target. So what would your team or you need to see in a client's site to say, okay, this is good enough for us to go out and build links to it? Like, is it blog content? Is it like videos? Is it like, or like, what if a client just says like, I, I have a sales page for this thing? Like that's not. Yeah. You can't build links to a sales page. Right. If something's extremely commercial, you just can't build links to it unless you, you know, you can buy links to it. You can pay for them, but we try not to do that. So it's a case of, I have a process for, and this is what I do. This is almost the only part that I'm actually involved in now. So I can come up with content ideas for them. I'll, I'll speak to the business owner and say, you know, here's some ideas that might be interesting. And between me and the business owner, we'll come up with ideas that we think are worthy of links. And do you help with that content or do you outsource that? Or how, how does that happen? No, it's completely up to them. I can give them, I have like a document that I give that's a, called a content outline. So it's essentially everything they would need to give to a writer to say, you know, have something produced that's really good quality. And them having that produced is totally up to them because I'm sure you're aware of this. Producing content for people whose business you're not directly involved in is a nightmare. It's tough. <laughs> if you don't know it, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. So, um, so a client has the pieces of content ready to go. They're on their site. They're on their blog. What do you guys do from there? I do have a video that I should probably give you. I'll give you a link to a video that explains this in much more detail, but essentially there are four steps. So have a cool piece of content, find people who are interested in the content, go and show them the content and then follow up them because 90% of links come from the follow-up. But it's essentially just finding a list of people who they're perhaps already writing about this thing. They, they might have an interest in something that I call a bridge. So something that's almost related, but not quite, but doesn't overlap. Um, are you aware of um, sort of the advanced operators that you can use within Google to filter the results? Yeah. So for those listening, you could put like somebody's name, like in quotes and then like, or something else and kind of like these Boolean. Yeah. Or like, um, there are some very, very advanced, um, combinations you can use and Google will almost show you exactly what you ask it to show you. Like it's just a logic algorithm at the end of the day. So if you say, um, productized services as a Google search, but then you put in URL hyphen resources, it will find all the pages that have in the URL resources. So productized service resources. I see. So that sort of search, you're looking for blogs like or people who have posted posts that are resources on some topic, meaning they've probably linked to all those resources. And then you do like cold email outreach to that site owner to see if they would add your link to their list of resources. Yeah, that's exact. And, and that, that link is called a resource page link. They're not the most valuable, but they're one of the most abundant. They're one of the easiest ones to get. So yeah, I know you have a page on your site about this. Like, What are like the different types of links that you could get for a client? Oh, there are probably hundreds now, different types. What are like the most common? Yeah, I, I use the 20 easiest ones. Well, not the easiest, the most um, systemizable ones. Because as I said to you earlier, I need to give um, sets of processes to people where they can't get it wrong. That's what I'm wondering is like how, so like we could talk about the different types of links, but how many of them require you to give the strategy of like, what is the operator that you need to put into Google search or like what types of topics should you be searching for? Like, how do you process that up? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll give I'll give you guys a link to um, a free thing of mine that just it's a spreadsheet that shows you exactly like it um, concatenates whatever keyword you're looking for, whichever topic you're looking for with a, an operator, and just you know you can just copy and paste it. Then um, it's one of my free resources that I give out. Okay, and then so like that's one is like searching for resource pages. Like what are like some of the other like most common links? Like when you're giving a client like a batch of ten or fifteen links in a month, what are most of those links made up of? The two most common types are guest posts and the resource links I just told you about. And there are two different kinds. My favorite kind of link, the best type to get, is a resource link, not a resource page link. There's a difference. So if you're writing a post and you're talking about link building and you just write within that post and it has a link to out to one of my resources, that's a resource link. And it's one of the most powerful kinds because you know it's not, it's not just on a page of a thousand links which a resource page link might be. Right. So the resource link would be like a, an article that talks about one particular resource and that resource is your page. Yeah. Or just, you know, two or three. It's basically the lesser the number of links going out from a page, the higher I would value that link. So, I mean, one thing that I've just noticed, just like probably every other <laughs> online website owner has noticed is like the amount of cold email that comes in on a daily basis of people just looking for links. and trying to pitch their services and all this other crap. But like, how are you dealing? Like, are, are you seeing like a, a decline in, in open rates and response rates, even just in the last year? I mean, I feel like I've seen that myself, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the the hardest thing. There are so many people and, you know, I'm partially responsible for this because, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have actually read my articles on this. So they're just going out and copying the same thing and sending the same templates of emails. And what I say to people is, Whilst I might give you a template, just try and take the essence of the template and remember that there's a person on the end of it. So when I, when I email you, I'm talking to Brian. I'm not talking to just a link target. And that's why for us, 200. Some people would say a 10% link rate, so 20 links from 200 targets is you know, a very high success rate. Right. Because I'm talking to Brian and I'm not talking to just another target and sending you a template. It improves our you know, efficiency in that regard. But like you said, the open rates and stuff like that, there are people just, there are so many going out. And from, you know, there are, there are services out there now that will let you send a million emails in one go. So you can just send a blanket across the entire internet. And I would like to think that my emails would stick out from one of those and people would know the difference. And that comes into like the way that you're wording the subject lines and the, and the email and keeping it short and personalized. Like how personalized are you making these outreach emails? Oh, extreme. I mean, I um like is I mean, is that part of the process that you give some somebody on your team to like, hey, take time to go look at their website and find something personal? Yeah, it's it's the essential part of it. It's, it's the difference between what I do and what would be considered more black hat, I guess. So it's like a, a black hat version of white hat link building because you're just using automation to send a billion emails. And you're going to end up with, you know, a good number of links because some people will just give them anyway. It's a numbers game, but I'm doing it, trying to appeal to that individual person. And, and the story that I like to tell people to, to sort of demonstrate this, we were going for a link for a client maybe two and a half years ago. And I'd done a lot of research on the person who we were emailing because this link was absolutely perfect for us. She had the exact audience for us. They would be definitely interested in the product we were selling. Our content was perfect for her blog. And she just wasn't replying to the emails. And I was like, what, what's going on here? So I started looking at her on Twitter, seeing where she was up to and stuff like that. It turned out she just had a baby. So 
obviously she's not replying to emails. So the next email, I tweeted her and said, you know, congratulations on the baby. Um, I've sent you a couple of emails for when you're back. Then she, she didn't even reply to the email, but she gave us the link anyway. But it's just that personal approach. Yeah, yeah. But that's still you, right? Yeah. Like that sort of interaction, have you put that into a process for your team to handle? Like, would you be able to do that at, at scale? Or? Oh, it's, it's so hard to do. Yeah. It's so hard to do. But when running campaigns myself, they're much better than when staff do them. Because I also know if I get on the phone to somebody, it's a much more effective approach than sending them an email. Yeah. I guess I'm curious about that then. Like, why build the service up to the same level that it was at last time? Why not? Maybe you've thought about doing this, but like, why, why not increase prices and not outsource as much of it and, and let it still rely around you? Because it's, it's, not, it's not about the money. I don't really care about... Or and then, not, and then not even raise prices, but just limit, like just only work with two clients. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a definite possibility. At the moment, I'm working on my two clients. I mean, still like my, my approach has always been like, you could potentially process all of this stuff out. Well, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> you could have managers. In Europe, we have the GDPR thing come in as well. So we have to be very careful in the coming months of how we actually handle people's data. Like, I don't think I can even, I can't even control a list of targets based on my understanding of it. Right. You know, unless I've gathered that the right way. I don't even know all the all the nuances of it, but I don't think anybody does. Yeah, I know. I guess there are like some new laws around what you can store in an like whose contact info you can store in an email list and like So is that's gonna change everything, which is why I'm doing it personally now. Because I'm making sure that there's no Google Sheet out there with somebody's information in that I don't have permission to have. So as soon as it's used, it's gone. So I'm not storing anybody's data. Yeah. So I guess my only other question about all of this is like, how do your clients think about results when it comes to link building? Again, we, we talked about how they are, they're already pretty savvy. They understand the value of specifically doing link building. They know what 10 more or 20 more, or 50 more links would do for their business. What would that actually do for their, like, how are they thinking about that in terms of results? Like, are they thinking like, if it's like an, an e-commerce website, are they thinking like, all right, I know that if I build 50 more links, we can expect 50% more search traffic. Is that how they're thinking about it? Yeah. I mean, I guess a part of the reason that I do this is because I don't have to worry about that. It's their choice if they want to hire me and to decide that link building is what they need. So by, by not selling SEO and selling link building as a standalone thing, it's kind of, you know, my only responsibility is to do what I've said I will do. And it all revolves around that core content piece. That's here's what I'll do for you. If you're on board with that, you know, give me the money. But you buy, I'm sure you've seen how detailed that document is. It's a case of you could do this yourself using this information, but if you don't want to, I'll do it for you for this price. You know, I really like how you just put that because it's actually really accurate and not many people who are offering quote unquote marketing services would be willing to really put it in, in those terms. But that's really what it is. I mean, that's that's how I think about audience ops and it, like when, because I get the question all the time, like what kind of results can I expect from doing blog content in general, right? And, and the same can be true for PPC work or SEO link building work or anything else, right? You know, not, not only results will vary from client to client, but like every client will value different types of results, right? Like maybe you want more organic top of funnel traffic, or maybe you want more material to go follow up. Or actual sales. Some people want 10 links equals this number of sales. And you can never say that. Right. You can't just promise X number of sales, right? That, 
you know, but the thing is like all the information, no matter what the marketing service is, like it's all out there. Any company could build their own in-house team and operation to do all of this themselves. The reason why they hire services is to do it for them more efficiently, you know? But I mean, that's a huge part of why my content piece works so effectively, or it did before 10,000 people copied it, <laughs> um, is the complete transparency, right? One of the biggest pain points in SEO is like what you said, when we open this interview, you don't know SEO, right? You've heard shady things about it. You've probably been burned in the past by an SEO provider. Almost everybody has. So what I say is, here's exactly what I do. And my reporting is exactly the same. Everything we do is in Google Sheets. And I use Google Data Studio that pulls in data from all kind of like, you can pull in data from every other uh, Google property. So it has a little bit of analytics, a little bit of AdWords, a little bit, you know, and it's, you can check that at any time of any day and you can see the work that has been done that day and the results of that work. And it's, it's something that nobody else in SEO is doing because I guess a lot of people don't know their results or what, you know, they're not open enough to say, here's what we're doing. And you know, it's all out there. So you can go and check, you can give me 2000 pounds and see my team doing the work in real time. If you watch the Google sheet. So you're, you're literally sharing like the Google sheet that your team is actually actively working on. Yeah. They're working live in the same sheet. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But I, I use the same, um, almost the same transparency strategy with the sort of training side of things. Yeah, actually, that's what I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up here. Like, so making that switch or like, I guess you've been doing this kind of concurrently, right? Like you're doing link building work for clients and then you started teaching and training the process for other link building service providers. Yeah, because it was like, oh, I have these systems, right? Can make extra money. And you've built a Facebook group. Like what goes into that? How much of your time and effort and what kind of stuff are you putting out there? (laughs) A lot more effort than goes into actually selling it as a service, which I didn't really think through to begin with, I guess. So like the daily interaction, keeping the community engaged. So I I try and do like um, a video each day. So go live or whatever once a day. But this is all stuff that I don't really know how to do. So I'm just learning as I go along. But my my strategy is very similar to selling link building. It's the transparency angle and it's trying to stick stand out from everybody else. There are 10,000 SEO groups out there. And a lot of them, as soon as you go in there, you can tell this person is trying to sell me something. And mine, my sort of philosophy, and I, I do try and drill this down people's throat is here's something for free that you can use and he's very actionable. Use that thing to make enough money to buy something. If you're impressed by that, then buy something. Then use that lower level price thing to make more money to buy my expensive thing and perhaps some coaching, that type of stuff. But I don't want you to join my group and the next day buy my coaching, which is a thousand pounds a month because we, you haven't built up any inherent trust within me. You don't know that I can do what I say I can do. You don't know that my information is good. So you're offering a combination of free content, like free, free videos, free interaction in your Facebook group. And then you have like an informational product that kind of shares your system for link building, the processes and all that. And then you offer coaching. Like, is that like one-on-one coaching with other? Yeah. Well, that's just, I guess my, my funnel would be, I have a three, a free system that shows you it's, it's the same stuff as my full system, but shows you just the resource page links and the guest posts because they're very easy to get in comparison to other links. When you say guest posts, like you're going out to some other art blog and say like, we have a guest post that we'd like to publish on your site. Is that? Yeah. But it's, it's much easier to find ones who are already saying we're looking for guest posts or we already put right. guest posts. So we use operators to filter sites that 
you know, definitely. Do you guys write that post? Do you outsource it? How does that work? Oh, no, absolutely not. It's just for other people to do. It's So when you're doing that as a service for a client, like you get a guest post link opportunity, they say yes. And then you go back to your client and say, you need to go write this guest post. Yeah. So, so that we're saying, here's the title. Can you then go and write this post for us? Got it. Because I, I don't know how you feel about this, but if I run a business, I wouldn't want somebody else writing something that represented that business on my behalf. Yeah. I mean, we do that. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you if you understand what the business is about. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, we assign teams who have processes for basically researching and interviewing them, writing for that client for sometimes years on end. And yeah, like it's like we're embedded in their business. It's just if, I, if I'm working on, you know, with nine clients, for example, and I'm doing 15 to 20 guest posts a month for each. Yeah, it's a difficult operation. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so... Awesome, man. We're going to get all this stuff linked up in the show notes. As I said, like I went through your, your site a little bit and, and I did find the processes and just the information that you're putting right out there really pretty transparent. So uh, yeah, it's definitely worth... Uh, that's the name of the game, transparency and trust. That's right. So your site is raydigitalmarketing.com and, and we'll get everything that we talked about here linked up. Yeah, that's my client site. For, for informational, it's danray.me. danray.me. Yep, we'll get that in there as well. Yeah, Dan, thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. This is great. Cool. Thanks for uh, having me. All right. All right. Now, before we wrap up, let me ask you, what'd you think of this one? Was it good? You learned something? Are there any other topics you'd like to hear me cover on this pod? Well, let me know. No, I mean, really, like, let me know. Hit reply on any of the emails that I sent you. I'll read every single one. I try to reply to everyone. What's that? Oh, you're not on my list yet. Okay, well, head over to my site, productizepodcast.com. You can get on my email newsletter that way. I'll send you, you know, new episodes and all the show notes, but I'll also send you my newsletter where I share all sorts of articles and other insights on entrepreneurship, building products, productized services, software, SaaS, and other cool stuff there. So yeah, check that out over at productizepodcast.com. And of course, if you have a minute, I'd really appreciate if you could head over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, or at least just five stars. You don't even have to leave a review if you don't want to, but that would really go a long way to helping other folks like us find this podcast. So yeah, thanks a lot for tuning in. I'll talk to you on the next one. Mm-hmm.